Are things looking somewhat familiar? In this installment of The Grind Defined, I'll share why welcoming familiarity is key in ascending, while you'll never be able to get around a failed life lesson, how duality in life can translate well in your manuscript, and so much more when this grind becomes so official right now. Abundant blessings on this fine Friday family and welcome to the grind to find Terrell and Michelle here certified spiritual mindset coach and professional ghostwriter helping prospective authors take their manuscripts from paused to publish by presenting concepts that empower writers to define their grind you know that whole writing process unapologetically on their own terms topics here help identify internal disconnects simplify misaligned mindset moments and capture clarity so a blueprint can be created that magnifies your greatness and captivates your readers now on the show here of course most of what i'm talking about is connecting to the writing process but i say all the time that we are all walking stories and just navigating that process life it just leaves so much to talk about and oftentimes so much to the imagination <laughs> you know if, if you're anything like me i'm constantly thinking overly analytical guilty as charged i'm constantly thinking about what's next what i could do shouldn't do I don't know. It's just always a lot going on within my mind, but that's a completely different topic. Ain't gonna go there. Thank you so much for joining me on this fine Friday in September. Y'all, it'll be October before we know it. And uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. yeah, it's just this year has flown by as usual. It's like once you get past June, before you know it, it's December. And that's kind of like what it feels like. But getting to the topic at hand today, deja vu. Hmm. How many of us have been in a space, in a moment, where we say, wait a minute, hold on, hold fast. Have I been here before? Has this happened before? Wait a minute, did it? I think it did, or I'm not sure, or A. Many of us have been in situations and circumstances where we feel like some part of it, some aspect of it, we've experienced at some point in time in our life. And it's like, whoa, what do we do? What am I supposed to do? What does this mean? Sometimes for me, it, it could be so subtle that I question, wait a minute, is this even real? Well, in this episode today, I'm gonna to be talking about how that familiarity can be a wonderful thing, such a wonderful thing. I'm also going to go over how those failed lessons that we have in our life. Now listen, I know some of y'all listening out there, you know, you're trying to find a way around up, down, whatever, something that's difficult for you to deal with within your life. You try to get away from it. Well, I'm here to tell you today <laughs> that there's no way to get around it. And I'm gonna tell you why even trying to get around it is not a good thing, but how does this all, Terrell and Pray Tell, tie into writing? What it means to be an author putting together a work? Well, of course, I'm gonna tie it all together. I got a piece of thread. It's going to take and put it all together for you. So when we're thinking of deja vu, 
And when we're thinking about failed life lessons and how sometimes we try to avoid even revisiting that thing, because maybe we just like, no, see, I, I know what it is that, that I'm supposed to do. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I don't want to know. Maybe I just want to be done with that altogether. But I'm going to thread together how those two aspects help when it comes to crafting your story. And I'm also going to talk about duality, how duality in life can translate well into your manuscript. So all these things are going to fit together rather nicely by the end of this episode. <laughs> so if this is your first time here, thank you so much for coming to, to, to check out me and The Grind to Find. If you're back, mm, you know, we just gonna get to doing what it is that we do when I explore the topic today of deja vu. Now, for the purposes of this show, I decided that I was going to go and look up the actual definition of deja vu. Now, you're probably thinking, Terrell and girl, why are you doing that? You know what that means. Well, you know, if you've ever had a situation where you were just like so sure you knew exactly what a word meant, only to go look it up and you're like, okay, well, that's the meaning that I've given it and folks that I've talked to, society has given it, but in a dictionary is not exactly like that. I've had that happen to me once or twice, not that many times, but you know, for the purposes of this show, I said, let me go ahead, look up this definition and see what the dictionary says deja vu means. And, and this is going to be, it was interesting to me. I think this might be interesting to you as well. Definition goes a little something like this. A feeling of having previously experienced something, especially when that is not the case. And then the second definition is the experience of thinking that a new situation has occurred before. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That was interesting to me. And the reason why is because I always thought that when you have deja vu, it's because a situation has happened before. Now, trying to put what year or what piece of what feels familiar was actually the piece that had happened before, that's where the conflict had been for me. But I've always felt as though deja vu was all about this having happened before, Maybe because it was so long ago, or I don't know what detail, me not being sure of it, you know, not being certain, 100%, maybe 99.9, I don't know, sometimes it's been like 83.5, but anyway, let me not squirrel on you, because y'all know I do that sometimes. Anyway, I was actually kind of floored to learn that the definition is saying that it hasn't happened before. So y'all know me, y'all know what I do, right? I said, let me go to scripture, because I'm just curious. What would the word have to say about this? What the Bible got to say about this? So then it got even more interesting, right? So what that did was that took me to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Now, originally, I was only going to share with you 9 through 11. But once I sat down and read, I said, nah, I think the full context is a whole lot more important. And it, it's, it's definitely going to be um, something that is, uh, I think, quite important for the conversation that we have today. So you know what? Let me go ahead and get right into it. Now, within the Bible, this section, and I'm, this is just an, an, an excerpt because there's, of course, I, I left out uh, other two other parts of it um, that I didn't think were too relevant for this, but you can always go back and visit chapter one of Ecclesiastes to get the whole thing. It talks about the vanity of life, all right? So it, it reads like this. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises 
and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. Now listen, that was like, mm. let me go back just to make sure if, if, if you didn't get this part, <laughs> if you didn't get this piece right here out of everything that I said, let's go back to verse nine, where it says that which has been is what will be and that which is done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun you feel me there's nothing new under the sun so with that being said deja vu is in fact things that have happened before life repeats itself that's the point that i want to, to hammer home life repeats itself in many different ways over and over and over again. There may be some aspects of your life that is repeated in full. There may be just some sections or subsections or however, but there are many things that we experience that we will experience again and again and again. So it all boils down to if life repeats itself, what's the point in those moments that we may revisit from time to time? And, and granted, when you're revisiting that moment, I'm not implying that uh, if you had an experience when you were 21, right? And let's say you're 31, when you're in a situation where you're like, wait a minute, did this happen before? This feels like I've been here before. I've seen this before. It even feels like I said that before. Maybe if to a different person or, you know, if you run into that type of situation, that now can become an opportunity. And I say seize every opportunity to apply what you learned or take from that repeat situation, something that you can apply to growth moving forward. So that would mean that there would have to be a space of intentionality when it comes to being present. You hear people say that a lot, you know, being present in different situations, but being present is a practice because so much of what we do is based around repetition. If you have your regular nine to five, that part of your life, that eight hours every day, 10 hours, 12 hours, however long it may be, that's something that happens typically on a defined schedule all the time. And then the other little things that you add into that, if you stop at Starbucks in the morning, if you tend to have a group of people that you go to lunch with, if you go to your locker a certain time of day, or if you sit in your car just to get away from the building, or whatever, so much of our life is repetition. It's about repeating the same thing and going through the same motions over and over again. And so 
Those moments, because those moments tend to be most of our existence, that's how we go into a space of autopilot and we're not really present. We're so used to going about things in the exact same way that that way kind of starts to lead us instead of us leading that way. And so this area of the conversation, I want to, to hammer home the point that because life does repeat itself, not just for us as, as um, individuals, but in the grand scheme, there are pretty sure lots of moments when I was deja vu and somebody else was too, <laughs> you know? So knowing that this is a thing and that each moment like that can serve an opportunity actually to be able to connect to, all right, if this did happen and it looks familiar, feels familiar in that moment, what's familiar about it? And a lot of the times there's a feeling attached to that. What was it about whatever it is that feels like it's happened before that's given me this particular feeling, especially if that feeling comes attached to anxiety, if that feeling becomes attached to uh, fear, if, it, if that feeling is something that is uh, anything other than utter joy, <laughs> becoming connected to what was going on at that time so that maybe there is something that you can glean from that event, you know? So I'll leave that right there. The next one that I have under deja vu that, that I want to talk about is, uh, and I've <laughs> I mentioned this quite a few times, but that's because this particular thing that I'm about to mention, we can't, well, we can. I was about to say we can't navigate life without it. We can navigate life without it, but it just makes life that much harder. This thing, I feel like we should not endeavor to navigate our life stories without, and that is faith. Faith, in fact, yields fruit. And so if we know that life repeats itself and each and every time we revisit something that 100% it's not new. Even if you haven't done it before, you haven't been in that space before, someone has. None of this stuff is new. It's just reinvented, I would say, over time to look different, to feel different. And the difference in the situation is the person navigating it. So if life repeats itself in those things uh, and the, the repetition of certain events creates spaces for opportunities that we can seize, then the next part of that is faith being the fruit in which we're able to feed those different opportunities, or I'm sorry, faith being a fruit that can feed. Okay, yeah, probably. But faith being the seed that we can plant in each situation so that it can bear fruit later. That takes me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, For we are his workmanship created in Yahshua HaMashiach for good works, which Yahweh prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, Yahshua HaMashiach, that is Jesus Christ in Hebrew, English transliteration, of course, would be Jesus Christ. And of course, Yahweh is God in Hebrew as well. So we are his workmanship created in Yahshua HaMashiach for good works, which Yahweh prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is so important because if we understand, let's break this down. If we understand that each and every one of us are an individual and unique workmanship, created by our Heavenly Father in His Son for good works, then it's it should be, I would say it should be. I won't say easy. I, I don't like the word easy because <laughs> there's not much in this life that is easy, but it should make us feel, um, it's, it's promising to know that we were created. And when we were created, the work 
the good work that we were supposed to do was implanted in us at the very beginning. All that's left for us to do is to own it and to show up. The knowing is where we get to enact faith and do what we need to do to become stronger in our faith because we understand that we were created for good works at the very beginning, for good works, just as his son, Yahshua HaMashiach, and we are meant to walk in those good works. So when we take into account life as repetition, that it's already one and done when it comes to what we were created for and us showing up in that, then the only thing that's left is faith and the audaciousness needed to practically apply the knowledge that we get from different situations. Now, of course, knowledge is acquired, right? Also, though, with knowledge being acquired, how many of us take the time in some of the most challenging moments to reflect after the fact on not only us making it beyond, because we always make it beyond, even if we don't like the other side that we're on, A, we're on the other side. We always get to the other side, right? So when we make it beyond, how many of us, especially if the outcome is not exactly what we wanted, it's still an outcome, how many of us take the time to reflect and say, hey, this is what I was able to do to get beyond that point, or even what y'all was able to do to get me beyond that point? The reason why this is so very important, because I think that there is a lot of knowledge that we all acquire throughout life, but because of our perspective, we don't see it as such. We expect for things to look a certain way. We expect to feel a certain way. We have a whole lot of expectations <laughs> for how things should be. And a lot of the times our expectations, because of those expectations, we will not measure up by our own standard, which completely and totally nullifies and uh, erases the faith element. Because in that faith element, our expectations don't fit into it. Our ruler for which we uh, measure ourselves, that, that doesn't fit into it. We're not living this life to be measured by our own ruler. We live in this life to be measured by our creator's ruler. And so understanding that there's so much about this journey that we don't know, that is revealed as we mature and as our creator feels as though we're ready to receive it. It's a process. Nothing happens right away. You know, there's so much that we would like, but us getting to a space where we're actually ready to receive what we're asking for is something completely and totally different. And I know that we have, um, many of us have already learned from experience how true that statement is. You know, so that's the thing with that. Understanding that with the repetition, seeds of faith are necessary in order for some fabulous fruit to, uh, for you to yield some fabulous fruit. And knowing that having that faith and audaciousness needed to practically apply the knowledge that you've gotten, because you were already from conception, you're already filled with everything that you need for good works. Walking in those good works is what's going to get you closer to what Yah has for you and what you would want for your life. And then one other thing that I wanted to add to this conversation was the perspective of Yah when it comes to each and every one of us being a perfect work. And I promise you, I'm going to tie this in, but I got to lay this foundation first. That takes me to Psalm 139 uh, verses 15 through 16. And it goes a little something like this. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eye saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. This is talking about God's perfect work, Yah's perfect work for each and every one of us. I think that within Psalm 139, verses 15 through 16, you can see how there's our perspective, you know, the the human perspective of who we are, but then the truth of how our creator sees us, you know, being made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. But then your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. When Yah took the time to create you, it was because there was something that he saw beautiful, perfect in its own way. Understanding that this is the perspective that, her, that our creator has on us. It is not up to us to decide that we're going to fall back, check out, put on hold, chill for a little bit, get back to it when it comes to actually living our life full force and in living that life for those of you who want to share different aspects of it. And listen, I talk about manuscripts here because we're talking about writing, but I always like to defer back to just life in general, because before you can put anything in a manuscript, you're pulling from aspects of your life, irregardless to what type of uh, genre you're going to be writing. Whether you're writing or not, you'll be able to apply these things that I'm talking about to just living every day, living every day. And so when you decide to put yourself out there, you could be a prospective author. You could be a makeup artist. You could be someone who works in music. You could be someone who does painting. You could be someone who does landscaping, which is just another form of art. Man, what people do with grass and trees nowadays, I'm trying to tell you, but I digress. I don't care what it is that you do. You're bringing some of what you were created to do. Those good works that I talked about, you're bringing an aspect of you out to the world. And when you put that that aspect of you out into the world, that can always feel challenging. It could feel scary. You're putting out there something that someone can have an opinion about, that someone can critique, that someone can find a way to tear down. And let me tell you something, there's so many folks uh, out here that are not happy. You know, misery loves company. Then there are some people who are really happy, but they just don't want to see other people happy. Or they don't want to see other people win. There's a there's a selfish streak and there's negativity all around us. And I'm not saying that to make that is, I don't want it to seem like that's what my focus is with what it is that I'm talking about in this content. That's the feedback that I get from different people that I work with and some of the stumbling blocks that they have. In some way, we're all products of someone else's negative perception or some negative opinions or thoughts that they had to share with us at some point in your life. Some of the things that scare us the most have less to do with us and more to do with an experience that was created at the hands of something outside of us. Okay, so with that in mind, that's what makes me say that. You know, just getting to a space where we decide that, screw that. I'm going to go ahead and show up because I understand that when I was fashioned, 
It was because I was deemed my creator's perfect work. I was created with those good works from the very beginning that I'm supposed to do. I can decide to plant some seeds of faith so that I can yield some fabulous fruit because at the end of the day, life repeats itself. Life repeats itself. That means that there are going to be countless opportunities for me to choose what I want to take from an experience. If I'm familiar, if I can say, okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. I've seen this before. What I want to take from it, or if I'm not sure, what's something that I can decide to use in the now, in the present, that could be a space of growth for me. All right? All right. So I'm going to let a little bit of that marinate for you. (laughs) Take a little bit of a pause here. But when I come back, I'm going to be talking about mm -hmm, them failed life lessons and tie it all together with duality and how some of these different facets, the other side, the left and the right, right and the left, how those things can translate well into your manuscript. Hey, you don't want to move a muscle. Let's face it. As we sit shoulder to shoulder and occupy this space, we all have a story to tell. Many of us can describe going through hell and making it back, while some of us consider being here an escape because once we leave, we have to go back. And although we know pain shouldn't be our focus, and pain has purpose, there will never be any hocus-pocus to fast-forward us beyond what we must go through. Yep, I said must. Must or bust. (laughs) Hence refinement. That process meant to make the broken whole can make us tokens the enemy uses to expose our shortcomings. But today ain't about stories of falling short. That sort of narrative is one we all know too well. Hell, some of us have become stuck and dwell on what was supposed to be moments and seasons. We've stayed longer than God wanted us to and created reasons to justify doing so. But no, not today. Because there is more than one way to narrate our story. Today, I'll lead a new way to choose to be so bold and free that adversity is just the fuel we need to soar. Like in a rocket ship, fuel is burned, leaving no more of what it once was. Because vapors are all that remain. The essence is all that is needed to reach the destination. So let me make this plain. And disclaimer, forgive me if I choose not to refrain from calling some of y'all out. (laughs) Because I love my sisters, we shall leave this space with no doubts in who we are in him and the gift of infinite possibilities. To be gracefully unbroken means we ain't tokens of some mediocre plan. Being custom crafted by God's own hand is anything but small. So, sisters, we ain't got time to play. And since the next second nor tomorrow is promised, a new mindset is in order, daughters. Effective today. The mission is to be audacious, showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Yep, that's what we own, sis. We must be audacious when it comes to blocking out the noise. Remember, we must be poised, as though we are certain entertaining what isn't our business will not only anger the Lord, but mess with our rewards for trusting and obeying him. We must be audacious as we stand fearlessly in the faces of our adversaries, no matter the lies this flesh will tell and sell about how scary things should be. See, we know the unknown to me is well known to he, so we can no longer be misled and led astray. 
Each day will always bring new challenges because there is no epic victories without an epic rise from ashes. No segments or classes exempt from the pressure of his plan. Amen. We must be audacious because in our eyes, the truth of sweat, tears and blood spilled over hundreds of years laid the foundation for the sensational women we are today. Our grace, resilience and solidified place in the book of life is already written no matter the resistance. Come on, sisterhood. Can I get a witness? The battle waged on our hearts and minds is one that is already won and done. And admittedly, the battlefield is never fun. Many are lost in wars and the ripple effect of that grief can seem impossible to shake. Like being trapped in your worst nightmare with no way to wake because the devastation feels so real. But is it? Or is devastation the focal point we subconsciously choose to see first? Do we have the habit of enacting the enemy's curse by entertaining what is not of God first? Rhetorical. Consider me the KWOG Oracle bringing good news. In this war, we get to choose the winning side and reserve our seat. And no matter the number or wars with old and new wounds, the win is rinse and repeat. Therefore, there is no need to hide from what we fear. We must step to the forefront, audacious, ready to hear his marching orders. Our father has never left or forsaken his daughters. And this season is no exception. Today is the day you make the choice to enact your plan. Today is the day to put into position a process that will withstand your wavering heart, inconsistent faith, denial of your greatness, and self-judgment that makes you go at this alone, like you're the only one that feels the weight of the war. Girl, please. <laughs> you are meant to soar if only you would step beyond your journal pages. And the notes you write and then forget. Today is the day you no longer let moments pass like you are guaranteed another. Today is the day we are audacious in accepting his cover over the calling on our lives. After all, we are, we will be, and we will execute. We can't help it. It's what he designed each and every one of us to do. So that piece was entitled Audacious, and I had the pleasure of performing that at the Cap Woman of God conference earlier this year. It was, man, epic, absolutely epic. And um, I, I'll be doing the Cap Woman of God conference next year. So if you guys want to know more about that, then you're definitely going to want to go to thegrindtofind.com and click on join the list. If you're already on the list at terrellandmichelle.com, of course, I'll shoot out information there. So there's no need for you to sign up twice. But uh, if you're not on either of those, thegrindtofind.com or terrellandmichelle.com, where do you go? You got that. <laughs> Join the list or subscribe. And uh, yeah, you'll be in the know about that. I talked about audaciousness before I left you when it comes to faith, you know, to unapologetically just walk in it, you know, to practically apply the knowledge that we acquire and take some time to connect to exactly what is knowledge, knowledge that you have acquired, even if the outcome isn't like what you imagine. So anyway, so I told you before I took a brief break that I was going to talk about those failed life lessons. Now, Failure can be subjective for those of you out there who just, you know, y'all smarty pants and whatever. We ain't getting all of that. All I'm saying is um, if you've encountered a situation 
where the outcome was not what you want and you feel as though you have some culpability in how that happened and uh, you're not feeling yourself when it comes to it. <laughs> Let's consider that a fail. And avoidance is something that I think is human nature when it comes to things that are challenging. You know, that those people, well, you know, I never avoid. Okay, well, you got to a point where you chose not to avoid things. But for a lot of us, we don't like things that are hard. Even those of us who, who do enjoy a little bit of the, the, the rough side of things because we focus more on the outcome. That would, that would be me. Even though sometimes I have my moments. I'm, I'm, I'm only human. <laughs> I have my moments where I'm like, God, I could do without this. But anyway, a lot of the times we want to go around what's difficult for us or, or find an alternate route. And the truth of the matter is, is in this life, the refinement process is all about those challenges that we face, being able to glean from those things, what we need to grow. And so I guess it's it's only fair then. It's all, I don't know that it's fair, but it's only fitting that whatever we're challenged with and we don't manage to go through it, it tends to come back around over and over and over again. How many of you well, of course, I would be able to see anyway because you listen to this. But you know what? Hit me on social media. Hit me on social media and let me know. You know, how many of you have had something that just keeps on coming back around and you just can't? I don't know why I keep revisiting the same place. I did this last time and I did that last time. And all of the remedies that you tried probably were more about going around it as opposed to going through it. And so that is how life works. The reason being is because we're meant to walk through those challenges so that we can get the knowledge, acquire the lesson, and add that tool to our tool chest of things that we will use later on in life to address other situations that are similar or maybe even situations that we've never seen before. You know, and so that's the reason why we never get around fail lessons. The only way to go when it comes to addressing a fail is to go through it, not to try to circumvent that process in any way. My grandmother used to say, you gotta slow walk them down. And I, I remember when she used to say that and I'm like, what the freaking heck is she talking about? What does that mean? What she meant was, what appears to be the longest route always ends up being the shortest way home. The time that we spend trying to get around something or try, cause sometimes we, we're too smart for our own good. You know how your kids think they outsmarting you like uh, you haven't seen what they're doing before. See, that's why I love this episode, talking about deja vu, nothing new under the sun. Like my grandmother used to say, and my mother still says, I carry that stick and threw it away. You just picked it up since so it's a new stick to you. All right, that's a brand new stick to you. But I recognize that stick. I used to have it and it didn't work for me, so I got rid of it. Yeah, that's the type of situation that life is. And so then moving from the failed life lessons that we're going to, or I, I recommend definitely, that you embrace what you consider a fail. A fail or a folly is really all about perception. Just because our outcome isn't what we would like or what we thought it should be, does not mean that it's a fail according to the plan for our creation and how we're supposed to show up in the world in that thing and using that thing in service to others. So I think that's important. So now I wanna slide from this, so I can tie this all into creating that peace for your life via manuscript, or even if you're expressing yourself and expressing 
that secret sauce that you were created with in a different way. That some of the, the examples I mentioned earlier, no matter how you're expressing that, I want to leave you with some way to kind of create a pathway for birthing that thing, getting that thing out of you. So then once you're walking through, instead of trying to get around, because you know that when you go around, you're really just making a trip longer. Now I want to talk about duality, the different sides of whatever a situation could be. So when we're talking about duo, we're talking about two. Let's just go for the sake of conversation so I can paint a picture in your head with some words. Let's say we're talking about the right side versus the left side. And let's take the idea of something being follied or failed, all right? So if you're at a space where you consider a specific experience a failure, then the failure as you would call it today, based on what that situation might've been like before you even realized the trajectory that you were choosing was going to get you to a point that you didn't agree with. So in an effort to paint a visual in your mind <laughs> while I'm talking about this, let's think of this thing that happened in a way that you were not vibing. Let's think of it as a right side and a left side. Okay, we'll make the right side the conclusion that you've come to that, yeah, um, that was a fail. <laughs> we'll take that for the right side. And then for the left side, let that be the starting point where you had no idea that your trajectory was going to lead you to what you would eventually consider a fail. So now as an author or as anyone who's navigating whatever your process is, you have the opportunity to share this specific thing from both perspectives because you know what it was like at the beginning, you know what the outcome is, you can even speak about where you were emotionally, the climate around you, where the space that you graduated from in terms of your perspective, in terms of your emotion, how you got to the place where you decided that, yeah, this was not hot, what happened, and um, I would like not to repeat it, <laughs> where you got to that space. And then you can also talk about from where you sit today, where you are, why, what your conclusion is today, and what brought you to that space. You can take multiple sides of every situation right from what you knew then, talk about what you know now, put some things in the middle. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because not everything has to be a straight line. There doesn't have to be a linear way in which you proceed when it's time to tell your story. In fact, the layers, the many layers and the different perspectives, the different thought processes, there are so many different things that you can add into the experience when you're writing that is going to resonate with different readers in different ways. And I think that that's something that's important to keep in mind. I have quite a few people that I've worked with where they come with this linear perspective, the straight line in which they want to tell a story. And when that happens, what's missing is all of the little pieces of the story that kind of act as connective tissue. It's not only connecting together different concepts, but it's plucking at the emotions within the person who hopefully will be able to relate to what it is that you're writing. And so sometimes 
understanding that putting that extra in there, not assuming that the reader is going to understand the way that you do, they didn't live it. Our job when we tell the story is to be able to create an atmosphere where they can experience things from our point of view and our perspective and opening yourself up to really give that type of detail can create that experience for the reader. Even if you choose to do, like I said, instead of just a dual, just having the two different aspects of it, do multi, because again, we're, we're, we're multifaceted. And so as you're writing each section, each chapter, I always advise, don't limit yourself by adhering to a certain page count or just tell the story. Tell the story with as much detail as possible. And then if you get to a space where you want to uh, get rid of some different information, at least you'll have enough written where you can do that and still not change your overall meaning of the specific chapter and the flow for the book overall. I think that's important. So at the end of all of this, the major takeaway, the thing that, that I don't want any of you to leave <laughs> without having embedded in your chest and sticking in your mind is that there is absolutely positively nothing new under the sun. And I think that that is one of the many gifts that God has given us that's awesome because that means that we have the opportunity to learn from the experiences that we have in so many different ways not just as individuals with our experience, but outside of our experiences. And that takes me again to the space that I love to go on this show where community is so extremely important. If you're keeping everything to yourself, then you're missing out on being able to glean some different information that you could take along your journey so that you're refined in the things that you're experiencing in a more broadened way than you would have been had you kept a whole lot of things to yourself. It's all about owning your vantage point then versus now, especially when we talk about this part of duality, but owning your vantage point and understanding that there really is no wrong answer. This walk does not come with an individual handbook for you. I mean, we have the Bible, which has the rules in it for how it is that, that we're supposed to, to live. You have that, but even still for the individual, even with those commandments and things in place, we still have to grow to a space where we even know how to digest and intake what all of that means. There's no manual when it comes to that. The experience of life is what actually gets us to that space. And so own your vantage point and allow yourself to have that experience judgment-free, unapologetically, and just enjoy the ride. All right? All right. Well, that is it for content today. If you haven't already, man, you already know what to do. Log on to thegrinddivine.com, click on feed so that you can follow me, uh, make sure that if you don't make it to thegrinddefined.com, I mean, it's, it's not like totally necessary because The Grind Defined is on every platform that you can think of, where you can listen to a podcast, you name it. You can link to many of them from my website, or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, just make sure you click that notification bell so you can be updated when I upload. I also want to say, and I hadn't said the last couple episodes, but I need to, Terrell and Michelle and Billy Roll live. Yep, we are live every Tuesday. I mean, this... The show with Billy is is one of the, the highlights of what I do all the time. I just love yucking it up with him. But more than our conversations, 
You always have the opportunity to join us live on the virtual stage. You can keep it in the chat if you want, but I'm tired of y'all just being in it. You know, a lot of you do come up, but for those of you who just some keyboard warriors and all of that, you need to come up to this platform, have this conversation with us. Various topics is what we do. If you want to get the feel for what we do, that's easy to do. Streams live to The Grind to Find on YouTube, as well as on Facebook. You can link to Terrell and Michelle and Billy Roll Live right on thegrindtofind.com. Just click on TMBW right there so you can check out those episodes. And uh, yeah, come on, come on and join us. But in the meantime, in between time, go into this weekend and the coming week knowing that if you've seen it before, it serves a purpose. Run to it, run through it, because you were created to do it and do it big. And no matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Until next time, Terrell and Michelle here. Peace and abundant blessings.